Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shapiro, and welcome to another Med Lasso episode. Delighted you are here. This is the Med Lasso episode covering Ted Lasso, episode 11 of season two. We are at the penultimate episode of the season, one away from the finale, and this was so much fun. Before we get to the conversation, a thank you to Lori Bedke and Creighton University for sponsoring this episode. Creighton University believes in equipping physicians for success in the exam room, the operating room, and the boardroom. If you want to increase your business acumen, deepen your leadership knowledge, and earn your seat at the table, Creighton's healthcare executive education is for you. Specifically tailored to busy physicians, our hybrid programs blend the richness of on-campus residencies with the flexibility of online learning. Earn a Creighton University Executive MBA degree in 18 months or complete the non-degree Executive Fellowship in six months. Visit www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E to learn more. So this is it. We are one episode away from the season two Ted Lasso finale. Med Lasso is at a fever pitch. Hashtag Med Lasso on Twitter. Med Lasso from Explore the Space podcast, all of it. It's so exciting. And Syed and I were delighted to have Dr. Beck Zabo join us from Melbourne, Australia for this one. It was amazing to talk with a fellow healthcare professional on the other side of the world about the show that we all love, the experiences that they're having, how we're connecting around it, and what we're all feeling as we move through the pandemic, as we move through life, how we think about our professions, our leadership, our teams, all of it. This was really, really great. I think you are going to absolutely love it. I do want to remind everyone, if you are on Twitter, please do join in our conversations at hashtag MedLasso. It's really amazing. It's growing and growing and growing. Jump in. It is really fun. Check out the whole archive of MedLasso as well and the entire archive of Explore the Space podcast. We are past the 250 episode milestone, www.explorethespaceshow.com. You can email me anytime, mark at explorethespaceshow.com. I am on Twitter at ETS show. Definitely subscribe to and rate Explore the Space podcast wherever you like to download your shows. That really helps us out. We also have a special treat at the top of the show. I'm not going to spoil it. It's time for us to get amongst it. So let's do it. Here we go. Syed, it's great to have you back, man. Let's do this. You ready for our penultimate med lasso of season two? Yeah, I can't believe the season's almost over. Let's do this. We're almost at the end, but it is, it's actually pretty amazing. We are in the presence of greatness. Roy Kent is actually on Med Lasso from Explore the Space podcast in the form of Dr. Nicole Cusine, who is here on his behalf to accept the Med Lasso He for She Award. Oh, my God. Dr. I know. Dr. Cusine, the floor is yours. Mm, don't you fucking settle. Don't you fucking apologize. You're as good as any man. Oi, fuck that. You're better than any man. Thank you. Thank you so much, Roy slash Nicole. Amazing. We will see you on Twitter. That was epic. <laughs> My one and only stint is Roy Kent. Amazing. <laughs> it was memorable. You're great. We'll see. We'll see you out there on the pitch. And your eyebrows okay. are fantastic. They're amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I went to his uh, stylist. That so was great. It was great. Oh, well, we were delighted to have you. Shout out your Twitter handle so the people can find you. Okay. At Peds Heme Doc. We'll see you there. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Well, that was completely epic. And I'm delighted that we had Roy Kent slash Nicole Cusine here. We are now joined from halfway around the world. Dr. Beck Sabo is here. Beck, welcome. Hi, how are you? <laughs> We're great. We get to talk about it's Ted Lasso exciting. with you. It's very exciting to be here. If you would Thank have you said, you're welcome. If you would have said, if someone would have said to you, Six months ago, you're going to be on a podcast with two random American doctors talking about a TV show created by Apple that is a spinoff of a failed Saturday Night Live commercial. What would you have said? Well, so first of all, you, you're you're not random to me. <laughs> I think we should tell everybody. Like, I I have been following both of you on Twitter for some time, and. You know, Mark, you and I have DM'd each other a little bit. So I feel like 
even though we are on opposite sides of the world or, and of the Pacific of each other that I know you. So actually, and I've been listening to um, Explore the Space for ages, so I, if someone had said that to me, I would have said, oh, my God, yes, um, which is why I've, I'm here talking to you uh, both. And But the, the bit about the SNL skit, um, turning into an Apple show that that isn't really just a show to us. Right. I think it's kind of it's giving me life at the moment yeah. and a lot of meaning. That bit I would have said mm, not so sure. Right. What does the experience of Ted Lasso kind of look and feel like in Australia? And and what is your understanding of what it's like here? And kind of how do they meet up? I mean, it's pretty amazing that we're even doing this. Yeah. I think we've spoken a little bit about this on on Twitter and and Mad Lasso and that type of thing. And I think um, what's been interesting for me and my background is, yes, I was born in Australia and I've lived most of my life in Australia, but I have family in the US and I also have family in the UK. So it's been really interesting because I feel like I have a concept of pop culture references across um, both US and UK and Australia is, you know, a bit different. So I feel like there's some references that i potentially understand on a different level that some people who who might be in the US and never traveled out and not have those references might get in a different way. So I think I said to you it's been, you know, the episode 10, it was really interesting to watch the American man talking about feelings and that type of thing um, or struggling with those concepts in terms of what Ted was doing um, versus Rebecca being completely accessing all those different emotions at the funeral where usually you'd say English people are stiff upper lip and don't talk about any of that and actually they're quite showy about some of their emotions versus in this show which is not something I'm used to and I've lived in the UK and worked in the UK versus whilst Ted is upfront about a whole lot of other things he's really been struggling with some of his emotions to do with his dad and I'm not you know usually we would the stereotype would be Americans would be a bit more upfront with that but not so much in this case. I don't know. Does that make sense? That absolutely makes sense. It's interesting to know that the way we're experiencing it in Northern California versus Texas versus the UK versus Australia, that it is that shared experience that I guess naively, I guess I sort of hoped it would be. I think, I think it's the same in many respects because I think the characters, um, which are so rich in many ways, really we're seeing what the way it's been written and the way it's being played and the characters. But whenever we observe somebody else, we also see that through our own lens and our own experience. So to a degree, we might be seeing that through how we're expecting somebody who is like Ted from the Midwest going to behave, but also how we might behave or, or expect somebody to behave. So I think it's a universal experience. And I think that is why this show has touched so many people, regardless of where they are and what their backgrounds are. I, I mean, we're all doctors and, and um, I know we did the call out. You did the call out for has anybody got any, got any questions and there were lots of nurses, doctors, allied health and others. It's really hit a nerve and I think some of that is because it's about a team. But equally, I know lots of people from other walks of life where it's also really what they need right now and I think that's to a large degree because it's about the human experience. Beck, I've got a question for you. I'm not as experienced at questions as Mark is, so this is kind of a lower level question, but it's it's on the back of my mind here. What is the Australian viewpoint on tea? Oh, tea. Okay, so I, <laughs> I'm currently drinking tea, uh, but I'm currently drinking peppermint and licorice tea, which one of my friends recently put me on to. Oh, wow. Um I, I got to have a conversation also, with your friend. Peppermint licorice tea? That's a thing? It's really good. <laughs> okay. I, I, as somebody who drinks, you know, I'm, I usually drink a lot of coffee, but the, but the issue at the moment is I'm having about four espressos before 8 a.m. Right. So I needed, I needed something else for later in the day, and it's I think it's about almost 2 p.m. in the afternoon here. So, um, and it's working for me. Yeah, I, I'm i not a fan of black tea That's as fair. a general rule. That's fair. We do have a big episode to unpack here. There's a lot of conversation, a lot of debate, a lot of topics to get into, and I want to do this differently. We're going to do word association. 
And this was not a contrivance that I've been working on for days. This literally came to me 15 minutes before we went live on how are we going to deal with this penultimate episode and express ourselves fully. We're going to make it super spontaneous. Are you guys ready? Okay. I think so. You're first. Are you ready? Yep. Nick. Sorry. Let me do that again. That was the actor's name. Ah. I, I, knew, I knew exactly you knew what, what I was doing. Meant. I know. And I I'm, totally keep, I'm totally keeping this in because I just went hard right into a brick name. wall. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it again. This is all staying in. This is good. All right. I meant to say Nate. Dunning Kruger. You've been tweeting about that and I liked it. Very nice. I have. All right. Good. I have. Syed Rupert. Palpatine. <laughs> uh, he's to me. He's the emperor. He's manipulating things behind the scenes, and you know yeah. now with this this new uh, person in play for Sam though Edward uh, Akufo, I think his name is. Um, I'm not sure now if, if Rupert's not knows if he doesn't have something going on there either. My my whole idea of Rupert having his own team is now a little bit grayer. We're gonna we're gonna get to our predictions. It's okay. I promise I'll get us there. <laughs> Beck, it's time for you to get another word association. I promise I won't slam into a into a barrier before I get to okay. it. For you, it is Sam. Rebecca. Ooh, I like it. Good. All right, Syed. Vanity Fair. <laughs> Keely. Uh, <laughs> I guess limelight. Oh, I like that. All right. Beck, I have one last one for you, and then we're going to get into some more of our kind of the way we like to do things. But I think the word association is good. Here's the last one. Star Wars. Trilogy. I like to use trilogy because we know this is a three episode, uh, sorry, a three season series. Can I comment on Star Wars? Because this was my own word association. And I blame I blame us for this in some way. We predicted a couple of weeks ago very proudly about like the you know Empire Strikes Back connection. I hate it. I just everyone's everyone's there, everyone's <laughs> all over it. And these writers and producers and actors are so smart and clever. I mean, they are playing chess and we're playing checkers. There's not what's gonna happen. That they're messing with us. And Nate is not Darth. I was texting you a Darth gift the other night. Like that's not <laughs> yeah. what's happening. And I'll no, own, I, I, I'll own it. I think you're. I think you're right, but I. I think you're primarily right, and they're really clever. Yeah. And um, they've thought about it, and they've thought, which you know, it's so meta to me that they have thought about how people watching it are going to think about it, and I actually think they thought about this from the very beginning of writing the first series, yep. and then into second series and third series, yep. and the level of intelligence and emotional intelligence required for that is phenomenal. And so I think you're right. I think they're expecting people to think that, but they've gone beyond us. They're loving the fever pitch that they've worked us into. And we're all so fired up. There is no way that's the cliffhanger that we're going to get. But Syed, I know that in your DNA is deeply woven the fabric of the Star Wars (laughs) universe. Did I hurt your feelings? No, no. I think uh, you're you're very astute with your observation that this show delights in subverting our expectations somewhat. And uh, if if there's a world where the Empire Strikes Back would have a happy ending, it would be Ted Lasso's world, right? Um, it may be a cliffhanger, but I don't think it's going to be a cliffhanger where Han Solo is frozen in carbonite somewhere. Which I guess the equivalent would be Sam is is gone somewhere, and the team's going to find. Ah, I think I think it's going to things are going to resolve. Some things are going to resolve, but the cliffhanger yeah. we get is not going to be the dark cliffhanger that, you know, that's going to wait. We have to wait a whole season to figure it out. I think you're right. Beck, do you have a favorite call out? Because the other thing that I think in our med lasso community that people seem to really be enjoying, and I know that I am is looking at season one and then season mm-hmm. two and seeing the fun season one nuggets that they're pulling into season two and just like kind of decorating with little little lights and little sparklers to just kind of liven it up. Do you have any that you've that have struck you that you liked? Oh God, there's so much. There's so um, many. Yeah. 
So I don't know because I think I'm really immersed in series two at the moment. Um, That's fair. So I do think there are a couple of things that have really I've noticed in the past couple of episodes in terms of references to Beard and also um, remembering that when Sam goes into the office in in season one, Rebecca stands up um, and she doesn't do that really for others. But, but honestly, I actually am at the point where I feel like I need to go back and re-watch season one because I'm so immersed at the moment in season two that I feel like I know the characters and I remember stuff from season one, but I'm not sure I can remember the little details. That's fair. And that's, a, that, that's, that's nice that you can be so in the moment. My brain does keep jumping back to season one. Syed, how about for you? Um, I think it actually in this episode where Rebecca said, uh, I think uh, Ted said to Rebecca like a year ago, we had this conversation and you dropped some truth on me. And she smiles at the door and she said, let's talk in a year. And you know, they're not going to let that slide. (laughs) Next season three, same episode, something's going to go down. But yeah, that was was a nice little call out. I liked it. Did did you catch though in that scene? And I, this was not original me. And I apologize to whoever it was that put it on Twitter. It was not a Med Lasso fan it was someone on the trending thing they were wearing the believe colors rebecca oh, yeah. was in yellow and ted was in blue <laughs> yeah yeah that was that, that was, was pretty yeah that delighted me go back and watch back i can see you're like yeah, that was deliberate yeah oh for sure absolutely no question no question my favorite pullback okay. to yeah. season one is actually my favorite gift from season one when um <laughs> when leslie says Caesar, you later, and Ted blasts back through the door like the Hawaiian punch guy. Or I, I got that wrong. I know everybody. You can retweet me. Fine. I'm going to own it, though. It's the Hawaiian punch guy, not the high C guy, but I'm sorry. No, it's the Kool-Aid guy. It's a Kool-Aid guy. <laughs> Come on, Mark. This is, this is a reference. I'm just looking confused about. <laughs> anyway, Ted comes blasting back in the room and goes, yes. Yeah. They did it again when Leslie says, Ted, don't let her get away with it talking about Dr. Sharon Fieldstone's letter and he blasted back and he even said like mad at him. He's like, yes. And he took the letter. <laughs> I, that just delighted me to go in. That was that really was, great. I had a really cool question that I want to put to you both. And this is from a med Twitter enthusiast at burn Megan Thor on Twitter. And she writes to us, this is for both of you. And it's the second part that I'm really curious about. And Beck, I want to hear what your thoughts are from a whole other part of the world. I'm really interested in thoughts on Nate's treatment of Will, Will being the, the the new clubhouse assistant. Is Beard doing enough? And has hashtag Ted Lasso helped you reflect on how you include the oft-forgotten, quote, minor team members, cleaners, porters, ward clerks, families, et cetera, in your teams? I love that. I sent her a message. Can I use this? This is really a, a, a good and thoughtful question that I know has come up for all of us, especially during the pandemic. How are we incorporating all of these unsung un, un sometimes unseen members of our team yeah do you want me to go first or? um so i think there's i mean it's definitely a two-part question and uh, i might start with the second pass first because then I, want, I i would love to move on to will and and nate and and hear both of your thoughts um so i think the first thing is uh a little bit of context about me. So I'm the first doctor or medical person in my family. I'm also um, first slash second generation Australian. All, all four of my grandparents are Holocaust survivors and um, were migrants to Australia, well, refugees effectively to Australia, as was my dad. So, um, um, and my parents were the first in the family to go to university. So, and, and, and the context for me then is my grandparents all had jobs that, that meant, uh, having not completed high school or university or anything like that, and that was really how I grew up. And in large part, with with my um, maternal grandfather, who worked in the market selling um, women's clothes for fifty three years, and I used to go to the market and work with him. And so I talk about that that the the skills that I have as a doctor and an educator that have stayed with me are really the skills I learned working retail with him in the market um, because that's around communication, listening, uh, connecting with people, networking, um, and treating everybody pretty much 
as an equal or the same because that's just how he was and very much a people person. It's partly how he survived World War II. So for me, entering the medical world and the hospital world, I have always been that person who's been a bit not really fitted right within the hierarchy. And I have always, because that's how I've grown up, the cleaner, the switchboard person, the admin person, the clerk, anybody is part of my team and the people I know and I know them by name and I give them Christmas presents or, or, or at holidays and those sorts of things and they help me do what I need to do. And it's what I teach my medical students and, and my juniors. So I guess that's my context. But I think what has been amazing about the pandemic and one of the big silver linings for me is we stopped talking about doctors. We stopped talking about med Twitter almost. And we now in many respects have health Twitter and we kind of removed some silos because we started globally talking about healthcare workers. So I really feel like we now have this global conversation of it healthcare workers rather than doctors, nurses, physios, respiratory therapists or whatever. And I think that early on we talked about that group of healthcare workers included cleaners and other people that we haven't always seen. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And I, I think it's it's so compelling to know that the journey is the same wherever we are in doing this work inside. I know one of the threads that you've written in the past, I think it's been in the last year, that was incredibly moving was in that same space around the entirety of our team and making sure that they feel seen and validated and recognized. But I'll ask you from your perspective in American healthcare, how much of an opportunity for improvement do we still have on that? I think there's always opportunity. I think there's a ton of opportunity for us to do better, um, integrate everybody, make sure everyone's acknowledged, uh, you know, Beck talking about her family. My, my father has always instilled this idea in me that there's a dignity to work, right? Um, because of what you do um, doesn't mean you're any better than anyone else who's working in, in the same team, in the same field. And so I did write that thread you're talking about, about the invisible woman, so to speak, who is a food care worker and a food service worker. And it's it's a, it's a concept and it's, it's something that I, I do think we can do better. I think it can get integrated into our uh, systems better. Um, I think it's something that we can, it, it really wasn't in my education at all, in my medical yeah. education. You know, yeah. I, there was yeah, no totally. kind of team building that I got in med school or residency. So that's something that I think, uh, and Ted Lasso does a great job of, of knocking down hierarchies. You never feel that Rebecca is too good to be, you know, hanging out, going, you know, to the locker room or passing things. Like they, it pretty much abolishes all those levels and Ted treats everybody the same. And that's one of the things that's so endearing about him. She wasn't like that at the beginning. Ted engineered that. Mm-hmm. Because she was, she stayed in her office and she was not interested in going down there and dealing with them. She she just wanted to destroy them from the beginning. That's right. That's so, true. So yeah. Um, so you do have your callbacks to season one. You've got this locked in. Maybe I do. <laughs> I just I love the way without it feeling forced or contrived, we can look at this show that again ostensibly is for entertainment and see that there are real parallels for leadership and camaraderie and friendship and team building that you can draw out of this and say, we could actually do this. We know we need to do this thing better. And here are some, some really good rock solid examples of how to do it. And it's just, I, and I have endless appreciation for the writers of the show. I, I would love, I think you guys probably feel the same way. I'm, I, I'm not a huge like fanboy anymore. I used to love my athletes and want to meet them and stuff like that. I really would love to have the opportunity like face to face with a handshake and eye contact say, you all have really nailed this and it's very, very special and it's going to last. The show will be short. We're going to be leveraging this for a long time. Beck, does that sound a little bit namby-pamby or what, how does that land for you? No, I, it doesn't sound namby-pamby in any way, shape or form. I think, so I sent, I, uh, I sent Mark and, and um, I'll send it to you, Sayed, the, the link for um, the Variety um, interview where actually most of the cast are on or a significant me- number of the cast are on talking to I think it's the editor-in-chief or the sub-editor from Variety about Series 1 and the development of the characters. And he is actually fanborn. 
point. It's quite interesting <laughs> to watch. And so engaged with the characters and trying to figure, you know, I, at one point he, he forgets that he's talking, I think, to actors rather than characters. I think this has hit a really big nerve. And, and, and within this interview, Jason Sudeikis says, you know, this was initially conceived because of, yeah, the SNL skit and for, for bringing um, – the football or soccer across to the US audience at that point, um, but that it evolved over time. And he wondered whether or not it has hit the zeitgeist at a particular moment during the pandemic where we all desperately need it. And would it have hit the same in the same way if we weren't going through a pandemic? And and I'm, you know, I'm really curious about the particular impact within the healthcare world because I think 18 months ago we were talking about many of the same issues. We were talking about issues of um, bed block and access and teamwork and burnout and all those things, but I do think it's been particularly heightened within the pandemic. And so I think we really need something joyful and fun and that we can completely engage with. But I think a lot of the themes are things that, we have been talking about for a long time in healthcare and we will continue to talk about, including teamwork, leadership, followership. And I think it's those aspects that that really that, that will stay with us. We're not doing this podcast because the show is funny, right? We're not doing this this whole enterprise where you're taking time out of a work day. Syed and I are up late because it's clever. We're doing it because this matters. And the people that I'm like haranguing on texts and phone calls, like, have you started watching yet? Cause you, you know, you trust my judgment and you're my friend. Like you should really watch this. You'll get something from it. Syed, do, do you still have that same sense of urgency? Um, you know, I'll be honest. I think in season two, that urgency that I had from season one is d- diminished a little bit in the sense that season one was such a bolt out of the blue. Right. And yeah. it has such a clearly defined arc and you know, it, it it kind of you only go through that experience once. So like season two is never going to replicate that. But I do think season two has carried forward a lot of the themes from season one, develop them more. We're seeing maturation in the characters. And to me, it still serves that same function in my personal life, which is a place I go to unwind, to let things go and to kind of process what I'm going through and share the experience with other people and this kind of shared positive space. And I think it's going to be that for us for a long time. Speaking of a shared positive space, Beck, it's time for us to do what you knew you were coming here to do, which is go in the locker room with Mark and Syed. Are you ready? I think so. Let's go. Let's go. The only place where where really there is pressure is what we're going to get to towards the end, and it's your prediction because yeah. holy smokes, the predictions really have been outrageous. But we're gonna we're gonna ease into it. You've already gotten the question on T. One of the things that's been super popular, and I'm dying to know because. I have a feeling that the snacks that you get to enjoy are rather different than the snacks that we get in the States. Give us like your top three Ted Lasso nosh. You're going to be really disappointed in me. <laughs> okay. So um, the episodes usually drop on a Friday evening here. Yeah. The past couple of weeks it's been a bit earlier. So lately I've been coming home from work and just watching and not eating or eating dinner, like not snacking, but eating dinner. So I haven't really been having snacks and watching, watching it. If you could have snacks while watching it, because I just need to know what I need to get on mail order. What would you go with? Right. Um, so me personally, I am very much a savory or salty person. Okay. Um, actually, I heard last week that Sayed's been um, having wasabi peas, and actually that would be my go-to. <laughs> um, I thought, like, I listened to that and I went, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, or just plain popcorn, I think. Like, salt, like salty popcorn. <laughs> yeah. All right. Very that, That's totally fair. Syed, have you amended your snacks? Have I amended my snacks? Actually, this is this is very unsnackish and uh, relatively, dare I say it, healthy. Those mandarin oranges, like I got a bag of those and I'm going through like three or four per hour uh, per, per 15 minutes probably while I'm watching the show. I, I know exactly what you're referring to. Are they the ones from Trader Joe's? Yes. Yes. My dude. <laughs> I, lo- I love them and I love you. They are not healthy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they are 
sugar and right. it's delightful <laughs> and I will have some right over there. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's these dried mandarin wedges from this grocery store called Trader Joe's. They're dried, but but back. Let me just explain what we're talking about here. They're, they're dried to the point of like paper sugar. thin mm-hmm. with like a, an encrustment, an encasing like it's like the path section that's been, you know, like frozen. And not, yeah. Like it is. So have, you, have you got, we've got a kid's treat called a roll-up, a fruit roll-up. Oh, which yeah. Is basically, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So basically like an adult version of that. 10x the sugar and yeah. 10 minus the moisture. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, next level good. Tart, sweet, <laughs> bonkers good. It's just not healthy. <laughs> All right. I love it. We have that's a question. What's that? That's why it's a, t- a treat. That's why it's a treat. That's right. I'm keeping mine the same. I'm really enjoying my my cookies, and I'm going to take my cookies to the finale, and I'm perfectly comfortable with it. I might get some ice cream, but it's going to be cookies all the way. I have a question that I want to bring into the locker room. It's a really, really fun one from a great friend of the show, at Deanna Marie 208 on Twitter. And her question for the locker room is this one, and I like it. Who is the most underappreciated hashtag Med Lasso character. She was specific. She said Med Lasso. She didn't say Ted Lasso. Beck, the most underappreciated Med Lasso character. She went with Higgins for context. Yeah, well, that that's that that is kind of where my brain was going. To okay. be honest. Okay. Um, but actually, possibly Colin. If I didn't say Higgins, I would say Colin. All right. But why? Because. Well, because partly because I feel like Colin is slightly forgotten and I wonder what his potential is. I think we just don't know enough about Colin. And I actually think there's someone like that in many healthcare teams where they're probably a bit overlooked because they're not as showy as someone like Jamie Tart or, you know, as lovely and wholesome as Sam or... um, leadership quality like Roy and but maybe there's more there that can be grown and I think I kind of feel like maybe just this underappreciated currently flying under the radar and I'd like to know what's going on there I absolutely love it that's a great call Syed the most underappreciated hashtag med lasso character for me it's May at the bar it's the May house such a good call not my first choice but a very good one. Yeah, that's she's she holds it together. She's like the beating heart of the fandom, and she, you know, she she looks out for people. She she's genuinely affectionate. You know, cares about the people who who are there. All right. And she has all the corporate knowledge. Like yeah. You just know she, everything going back decades. You're right. <laughs> back to the First World War. <laughs> and she has all the booze. She's got Crit- the, critically the important. She's got all of it. She's got all of it. Here's mine. It's going to be a little bit controversial around the underappreciated, but I'm going to go with Jamie Tart. I don't think we hmm. fully appreciate the greatness of Jamie Tart. He's an incredible soccer player. He is overcompensating because of his insecurities. And once we figure those yeah. things out, he is a five tool Hall of Fame superstar. He's going to lead. Yeah. He's going to coach. He's going to be the most fit. He's going to be the funniest. He's going to score 45 goals. He's going to win the golden boot. He's going to do it all. They're going to win yeah. the treble. They're going to win the FA Cup. They're going to win the Premier League, and they're going to win the Champions League, and it's going to be on Jamie Tart's back because he is not yet fully realized. I'm the biggest Jamie Tart fan, and so when Deanna sent us this, it was just it's Jamie all the way for me. Yeah, Mark, this is one of the things that I told you a couple of things irritated me. <laughs> I felt like it should have been Jamie's hat trick. You know, Sam's a defender. Totally. What's, how's he getting the hat trick? But I know, uh, yeah, I, know. I, I hear you. I hear you. I'm, I, I'm a big Jamie fan. Jamie's just the one and I, and I love it. All right. We have a couple of questions that I want to call back back. These are for you specifically because Syed and I have done them before, but they're just really fun. These are both from our good friend, Dr. Nancy Spector. Is there a Roy in your life Beck? Yeah, there are probably a couple of Roy's in my life. And and I guess, what do you mean by, is there a Roy in my life? There's no right answer. You get to interpret and answer the question. However you like. Yeah. I'm going to say there is. Um, in terms of somebody who is brutally honest with me um, and tells it like it is and is really clear, uh, and I'm very fortunate to have that person in there, and it's a very good friend of mine who's known me, uh, I think, 25 years, and 
in some respects, I'm there, Roy, but we can't do it for ourselves. I like it. That's a that's a really nice answer. Very, very nice. The next one, boy, the meaning of this question has changed for me, so we all get to do it. We're going to go to you first, Syed. Who is your Trent Krim? Acknowledging that the end of this last episode completely changes that question. If you want it to, it doesn't have to, but it changes it for me. Uh, my Trent Krim is probably my sister. <laughs> okay. She, she's the one who would, you know, to, 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 you know, I guess this, I don't, I don't know what the motive is, I guess to spare or to, uh, uh I, I don't know, but she's the one who would bust the confidentiality and let me know that, Hey, this person you care about is a person who's, who's stabbing you in the back uh, tomorrow. Yeah. 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 Beck, how about for you? And however you choose to understand your relationship with Trent Krim, who is the Trent Krim in your life? Yeah, that's a really interesting one. I think that that's that's challenging. And in a funny way, you know, possibly I'm going to go with what Sayed said. Actually, I think possibly my sister, who is not, you know, not medical, not healthcare at all. Um, And, but I think yeah, would have my back in that way where she would say, I'm not really supposed to know this or say this, but this is what's going on. I think that's a hard one. It's a hard actually. one. I, I, I interpret it totally differently than last week. It, now it's who is the person who would jeopardize their own career, their livelihood, their rep, their professional reputation to have my back? Because that's totally what Trent Crin did. You do not do that as a reporter. That's a career ender. It's a huge deal. We- there are also, good friends who I, I follow, think, who I've had on the podcast, who are reporters, and they've all been on Twitter saying, you would never, ever, ever do that as a reporter. You just can't do that. That's it. That's the end of it. And here's Trent Krim stepping up and saying, you know what? You know what, big coach? I got you. And I'm going to put myself on the, on, the, on the line just like you've done for so many others. So there's two aspects to it. All right. Right? Not only did he reveal his source, yeah. he did it in writing. Exactly. Yeah, totally. So you know, like, and all of us, um, you know, all of us know, you know, that's the type of thing that if you're going to reveal the source, you pick the phone up and you ring and yeah. there's no record of it. Yeah. But there's a record of it, you know. I mean, take now screenshot that and show other people. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was the other aspect of it. So he didn't just reveal his source. He revealed it in a way that it can be traced back to him. And the writers knew that too. And they did that intentionally to make it, to make us understand Trent Krim is saying, <laughs> I'm in, I'm in the boat with you now, my dude. Let's let's see where this goes. But I'm I'm all the way in. Syed, what do you think? Um, I think you're right. I think you're right. now. I, I will say one thing though, um, and this is where Trent might not be like my sister is. I don't think Trent had to write that article. Um, you know the I don't think that the panic attack, a coach having a panic attack, was worthy of an article from Trent. I, I think he was a higher caliber writer. He sort of says in the, I mean, higher caliber person in terms of his ethics and his character. He sort of says in the text that I'm sorry, I'm a journalist. I have to write this. But um, there was some discussion about that on med Twitter and med lasso also about the stigmatizing and that kind of stuff. So my, I know my sister would not do that. <laughs> Our buddy, Adam Hill, who was on med lasso mm-hmm. just recently at Adam Hill, one, two, one, two, perpetuating anxiety as fodder for quote gotcha journalism is stigma that food poisoning is quote acceptable but having a quote panic attack is something we should all be ashamed of is stigma that we should be afraid of being quote exposed for mental health is stigma adam nailed it and he's absolutely right we we can't speak for the the tone and the reputation of of english print journalism but you're right the 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 premier writers shouldn't be writing nonsense like that and I'm really curious to see how this crew of creative people are going to play that out because you could also see Trent spiking it, but he didn't, he said, I'm writing it. And do you want to comment? Um, but I, I loved what Adam said. He actually put it on Twitter. He texted it to me. I said, can I please use this? And he said, you got it. This is a huge tension that we're all in, in our profession now more than ever, because as we, you know, grind through the pandemic, like none of us are okay. We say that and it's not a platitude. Like I don't like platitudes. We're not. And we're going to need help to figure it out. And we're going to need to be able to talk openly about what we've been through because it's going to be stuff we process for the rest of our careers. If it becomes a thing where someone can play gotcha because Shapiro said that he had X problem in 2020, 
we're in a lot of trouble. So I, my take on it is that that's why they've done this. I actually think that it wasn't enough for them that he had the panic attack, that he confessed to his um, colleagues, that they brought Sharon in, that he then had a breakthrough moment with her about himself and his dad, that they wanted to follow the arc into what does that look like when somebody in the public eye is has that revealed. They deliberately want to raise it. I think that that's why they've gone there. And I think we don't currently know what the tone of the article is. We, we, we assume that it's the way we would picture the UK tabloid oppressed it to, to go there. But I, I really think they've deliberately done it because they're not done yet with talking about mental health issues in the public eye. I love it. It brings us to the critical place, Beck, where you knew we were going to go. Syed, we're all here now. It's time. We have one episode left, and it's time. It's prediction time. Beck, as our guest, you're in our home. You're in our locker room. Do you want to go first, or would you rather pass the baton to Mark or Syed? I'm going to pass the baton, actually, because I'm interested in what both of Um, Syed. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) So... I'm going to quote Ted here for a second. On your way down to your gut, check in with your heart. Between those two things, they'll let you know what's what. And so that's what I'm going to use to make my prediction. On my way down to my gut, I'm going to check in with my heart. I don't think Nate is beyond redemption. I don't think it's in the nature of Ted Lasso. He's going to the dark side, but I think Nate is going to come around. The question is, is it going to happen in this last episode? That I'm not so sure about. But I think there's still hope for Nate. And I think he's going to stay with AFC Richmond in some capacity, whether it's next episode or next season. I don't know, but we're not going to lose him. Fair enough. I'm, I'm actually happy to hear you say that because I've really been wrestling with the Nate storyline. If they chose to, they have laid the groundwork for it to be extraordinarily dark, you know, a, a, a seriously R rated and very disturbing movie. If they wanted it to be that way, I don't think that that's what they're going to do either, but I'm glad that someone who sees the world as you see it, has that vision. It actually reassures me a little bit um, because if they really wanted to throw the show into the other brick wall, they really could. And they've, they've built the foundation, but they've, they've set it up. Like we're in, you know, we're ready. We're up on our toes. We could go either direction and I'm kind of just ready for either one, but I think you're right. Syed. I'm with you. All right. So it's me now. And I'm going to lean into the title of episode 12, which is inverting the pyramid of success. They are referencing the pyramid of success by one of my favorite coaches, Coach John Wooden from UCLA. So I'm a UCLA alum. I've met Coach Wooden once. I I did get to meet him, shook his hand, have pictures. Um, He's an immense personality on the UCLA campus, and he's a proven winner. The fact that they're referencing it, that they've referenced it before, that they're referencing the tool used by one of the winningest coaches in any sort of sport, for me, sends up like fireworks that we are going to see something triumphal. We're going to see leveraging of fundamental things to bring out the best in people to get to a goal. I don't know what the goal is, whether it's to get back to the Premier League, whether it's to help, you know, Nate write the ship, whatever it is, they're so deliberate. The fact that we get the, the fact that they are specifically referencing the pyramid of success, like I am so heartened and excited to get into episode 12. Whatever the cliffhanger is, it's going to be a cliffhanger built around around positive emotion, not necessarily success, not even necessarily joy, but something that's going to leave us feeling uplifted and aspirational. I have a question for you about that. I'm ready. Inverting the pyramid means turning it on its head. I know. I know. So so Wooden's pyramid is about everything you just described. So if you're inverting that, is that what you're getting? If you look at the pyramid itself, and you can bet I already have, and you can bet I'm going to have it next to me while we're we're watching, the base of the pyramid, there's nothing sexy about it. It It's the grind. It's fundamental stuff. The base of the pyramid of success, and this is why I think that the inverting it is so important, the, the tip of the pyramid is competitive greatness. If we're inverting it, we're putting competitive greatness at the bottom. The base of the pyramid, the fundamentals, like, come on, have we not been talking about why we love this show? Industriousness, friendship, loyalty, cooperation, and enthusiasm. That's the base of the pyramid of success. If we're inverting it and we are now amplifying industriousness, friendship, loyalty, cooperation, and enthusiasm, 
I'm all the way in. I'm in with both feet, both hands up to my neck, 100%. I mean, you've just described the show. Yeah. He's been inverting the pyramid the whole time. And actually, if you think about how Nate has been in the past several episodes and certainly in the most recent ones, he was, you know, that what's the the tip of the pyramid? About, competitive um, excellence. Competitive excellence, but actually he's just been a competitive shit. Yeah. Um, so, and very individualistic and the opposite of team. So, yeah, I think... I think it's going to be pretty exciting. I am a bit nervous that it could be a cliffhanger because it's going to be a long time between season two and season three. But, yeah, I think that's a, a an interesting thought. And I don't often pay attention to the names of the episodes, so maybe I need to go back and have a look at that. You know, they're all really deliberate, but I saw that one because they only post them like one episode away. We haven't had them the yeah. whole season um, because, I, you know, I didn't get – screeners or anything i just see that when everyone else sees it inside i think yep. you're the same when i saw it i, I mean i it, there is only one pyramid of success it's coach wooden's ucla yep. basketball yep. pyramid of success that's it uh and so oh, no. seeing and it Sudeikis was super exciting about, yeah and sudeikis talks about how he's been the inspiration oh a significant gosh. inspiration so. speaking of inspiration though too you, like, you kind of you, you blew me away the other day i put on twitter i think three days ago syed we haven't had a chance to discuss this specifically but i, I really want to hear your take on it I have been missing Robin Williams a lot. I, I, I've loved him my whole life. He lived in Santa Rosa when I was a little kid. I remember we saw him once at the old warehouse uh, music store. And my parents said, that's Robin Williams. And I was a little kid. And I said, I want to go say hi. And they said, no, no, no. You see how he's dressed? Hat pulled low, scarf, big jacket. I said, yeah. He said, he's dressed like that because he doesn't want anyone to recognize him. So we need to leave him alone. I said, all right, I get it. I, I've always loved Robin Williams. And I have such great admiration for him. And I was like, I'm really missing him lately. And I don't know why. Beck sent me this article a couple nights ago about how Sudeikis said they really created much of the Ted Lasso ethos, spirit, comedic persona and timing around Robin Williams. Beck, what was that like for you when you found that article? Because we were kind of riffing on that, like, I miss him too. And then you send this article. Uh, It was just, you know, there have been a lot of different um, pop culture references and points within this that I have just gone, oh, my God, that's amazing, and this and this and that. And um, I think for me that's aside from all this Med Lasso stuff, as somebody who loves pop culture and lots of the TV shows and movies and music that is referenced is the stuff that I love. And so for me it's been this big nostalgia thing and, and joy in amongst pandemic and other stuff. And when I realised, I was like, oh, my God, it makes so much sense why I've been thinking about these particular references or Robin Williams in this or, um, or, or this particular reference to a show. And it was really lovely. And so then um, having, and I think the context was I brought up with you, my, my favourite line in this most recent episode was Sharon in the, um, in the pub referencing what, what SMF stood for um, and then the call out um, by Ted to, you know, uh, Mr. Nelson, rest in peace, and, and, and Prince is one of my all-time favourite musicians. So it was just so lovely to, to realise that that was a good, a, a very deliberate goodwill. Um, there was a goodwill hunting reference that followed and I rewatched Goodwill Hunting yesterday and there were so many bits within it that I went, oh, it just, so I don't know. There were all these connections that just made me feel happy. I haven't read the article yet. I'm saving it. Uh, I'm just sitting in the space of like, I understand why I, for it felt so random that I'm really missing Robin Williams. I'm like going on YouTube and watching his comedy. I get it now. Like the show has been flipping those same switches in my brain. So I had, do you have reminiscences that the show has brought up for you that you didn't expect? Yeah, I think the Robin Williams connection is one that, that seems so obvious when you, when you bring it up. But it's something, again, the show is really good at doing this. It's planting these seeds that and once they're pointed out to you, you're like, wow, it's been growing in my yeah. mind. And, but, yeah. you know, Robin's manic energy and his humor and then the depth of his caring and his kindness and then his ability to hide his pain. You know, all these facets of Ted Lasso, um, it, it's really interesting. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a kid who was born in the 80s, 90s. For me, Robin Williams, 
was the king of comedy, you know, and, and some of his dramatic stuff I didn't get exposed to until much later on. And I saw the depth of his um, ability to act and his heart and his soul. And so it was a powerful association. I felt moved, actually, when I read about that. I felt kind of wistful and, and kind of a little bit sad, but it was, it was a, a, one of those obvious things in retrospect. Well, back in Syed, I feel moved, wistful, and a little bit sad that we're done. But we did it. We got in the locker room. We definitely got amongst it. Back, your predictions are killer, and I'm very excited for season for episode 12 of season two of Ted Lasso. Back, what a treat! You made time from halfway around the world to come and join us. This was unbelievable. Shout out your Twitter handle. How do people find you? Uh, at Inquisitive Gone. We'll put it in the show notes. What a treat! Thank you so much, Beck. This was awesome. I, I just need to say thank you both uh, for the invitation uh, and for the podcast um, and for being each of you. Um, and, you know, we haven't met in, in person, but you really both add a, a lot of joy to my life. And so just thank you so much. Syed, my man, we get to sit with that wonderful compliment. For the rest of the night. <laughs> thank you so much, Beck. That's so wonderful. That's amazing. We did it, buddy. We are going to make some big plans. We're going to have some fun festivities around the season finale, TBD to be determined, but we're going to make it. We're going to make it fun. It's going to be very exciting. We're going to get after it. We're going to get amongst it. Syed, this was awesome, man. Thank you. Always a pleasure, man. I can't wait. My thanks once again to Beck for joining us from halfway around the world. Sunday night for Syed and I, middle of the day on Monday. Joined us, came in the locker room, dropped a big prediction, got amongst it. So much fun. This was a total, total blast to actually get to speak with someone that we've been connecting with on med Twitter for now. Gosh, probably close to five years. Just a total blast. Loved it. And thank you also to Nicole for her completely epic Roy Kent interpretation of a he for she award speech. Thank you also to Lori Bedke and Creighton University for sponsoring this episode. Learn more about Creighton's Executive MBA and Executive Fellowship programs at www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E. We've got a packed archive of Med Lasso episodes. Links in the show notes. You can find them all at www.explorethespaceshow.com. We are gearing up for the Ted Lasso season finale. We'll have some fun stuff that we'll be sharing on Twitter. Definitely follow hashtag Med Lasso. Everything is there. I am at ETS Show on Twitter. Email me, Mark, at explorethespaceshow.com whenever you want. And finally, thank you so much for listening. Med Lasso is a blast. We're having such a good time with it. I'm delighted that it's resonating. Please keep sharing it. Please keep coming on Twitter and talking about it. Please keep enjoying the episodes. We will be back soon. More great content. Until then, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show. And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com.